Hey there, welcome back to the Grace for a Journey podcast. This is Pastor Terry. So glad that you are with us. If you're a first timer, welcome on in. Glad to have you. We're in Matthew 13 and uh, we're in verse 53. Jesus has been doing some unbelievable miracles. I mean, really great stuff. He has been healing the sick, casting out demons. He's been teaching a new ethic, a new reality. He's teaching his kingdom, the kingdom of God. And you know what he's saying? He is saying there's something better than here. Now, some of you, that you probably need to hear that today. There's something coming that's better than here, and that is the kingdom of God. And so Jesus has been teaching this. Now, he's been traveling around, you know, about a hundred mile area, teaching, preaching, healing, but word of miracles travel fast, just like they do today. I mean, granted, they didn't have the technology back then like we do today, but word of mouth traveled pretty fast. When miracles were happening, when unbelievable things were, were going on, that word began to travel and people began to understand and know about what Jesus was doing. Maybe not fully who he is, but they understood what he was doing. So he eventually finds himself back into his hometown. And this is what happens. Now, when Jesus had finished these parables, he went away from there and coming to his hometown, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and they said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? Okay, let's look at this. Um, two things here real quickly that are important. One, he went to his synagogue. Now, you might think, oh, you mean the temple? No. Every community of Jews had a synagogue, uh, at least in that day in Jerusalem. If you were in a community, there was a synagogue. And the synagogue was really like a community center, if you will. Back in my day, I'm old, it was not uncommon for smaller communities to build community centers. And they held pottery classes and self-help classes and how to balance your checkbook classes. And they usually had a gym and did some type of sports program. And some of the bigger ones would have pools. It was a community center and everybody was welcome and everyone could be involved. Well, synagogues were sort of like community centers for the Jewish population. They came and they talked and they fellowshiped. Traveling rabbis would stop in and teach whatever uh, was their primary teaching. It's called their yoke. And they would teach. So synagogues were a normal place and it would have been perfectly normal for Jesus to show up at the synagogue. Now, some of you might be thinking the temple. See, there's only one temple and that's in Jerusalem. So when you see the Bible say temple, uh, they're talking about the temple of Jerusalem. Uh, synagogues were in every little community around. So he stops in a synagogue and he begins to teach. Now, the second thing you need to see here in these first few verses is, is the response of the people listening. They were amazed. I mean, they were pumped. They, listen to what they said. They said, where did this man get his wisdom and these mighty works? So they heard him teach and said, okay, the way he's teaching and the way he's talking is not normal. This is wisdom. This comes from above. That, that word wisdom really sort of carries with it the idea that God has empowered him and then life has sort of played out what he said to be true. And so they're saying, how did this guy get so wise? He's, he's still a pretty young guy. And so, so where did he get his wisdom and these mighty works? And they had heard, of, of course, about all the things Jesus had done. And so then they go on, and now look what happens. They're hearing this stuff. They're drawn in. They believe Jesus is something special and different. But, <laughs> okay, but <laughs> here's what goes on, okay? Then they start to say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is, is not his mother called Mary? Are not his brothers, James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And are not all his sisters with us? Uh, where then did this man get all these things? Okay, two things here. One, it talks about Jesus's biological family. 
So they're saying, hey, look, Jesus, you can't be all that special because we know your brothers are over there. We see them every day. We know your sisters. We see them at the well drawing water. And, and now I know some of you, let me push the pause button. Some of you are saying, well, wait a minute. I was taught in my church that Mary was perpetually a virgin, that she never had relationships with Joseph. Well, um, this isn't true. Uh, the Bible says it's not true. It says, is this not his mother called Mary? Yes, Mary is the mother of Jesus. And then list his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, Judas, and makes a statement about his sisters. Um, I understand why the Roman church wanted to do that. And logically, uh, the perpetual virginity of Mary and her immaculate conception and all this, you know, I understand the logic of that. But when it comes down to human philosophy and logic or the word of God, I'm always going to lean with the word of God. So, this is talking about Jesus' biological family. So they said, well, wait a minute. We see all this stuff. He seems just to be a common guy. Then he says, but where did he get all these things? Here's what's happening. They're attracted by the message of Jesus. They're attracted by what they've seen and heard. But they begin to develop excuses not to follow the Lord. So I'm going to ask you as we close, what are the excuses you use to not follow the Lord at a closer level? How about coexist? I mean, right now in our in our world, in our globe, coexist is a big thing. And certainly every Christian ought to be the best neighbor anyone's ever had. But being a great neighbor doesn't mean surrendering the truth to their ideas. And, and so we can coexist with them as neighbors and friends, but we don't surrender the truth to their, their thoughts. But for some of you, that might be a real barrier. You might want to say, hey, I have Muslim friends, or I have Buddhist friends, or I have atheist friends, and I don't want to I don't want to draw a line between us. Well, you've already drawn a line. It might be a really thin line and you've jumped over and joined them. But you have to draw a line clearly and firmly for the truth. Then you might not follow Jesus closely because of your moral, moral code. You might say, hey, look, you know, I have my morality, the way I live my life, and I sort of want to do it like this. It brings me a lot of happiness. And I don't want to surrender to the moral code of the Christian faith and of Jesus. Okay? Another big excuse could be that you have intellectual questions about the faith. I don't understand the resurrection. I don't understand the miracles in Genesis. I don't, I don't understand the cosmos. I, you know, and another excuse might be, I sort of believe aliens put us here. <laughs> and and there, that's a growing number of people. But understand that just like they did 2,000 years ago, we have to do it today. Is Jesus going to have honor and privilege in our life over any other idea, philosophy, concept, or theology. Let me finish these few verses very quickly. But then, but and, and they took offense at him, at Jesus. But Jesus said to him, a prophet is not without honor. He gets honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. When I ask you to open up to the Lord today, to ask him to come into your life and change you, to ask him to begin to do mighty works in, around you, and through you that will strengthen your heart and strengthen your faith. Now, when you do this, <laughs> you're going to experience God and you're going to have unbelievable grace for your journey. Let me pray for you. Well, Father, we love you so much and thank you for today. Be with us, Father, and use us to do great things. Holy Spirit, speak to those who still stand afar off. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. 
pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.